Welcome to an inspirational message from Creekwood Church. We hope that you have an encounter with God and discover practical ways to help you live a life of purpose. Good morning. It is great to have you guys here this morning. I hope you're having a great weekend. You know, I want to take a moment and uh, welcome those of you that are guests today. Let's give them a hand today, just a welcome. It is good to see everybody. You know, if this is your first time, we want you to enjoy the service, make yourself at home. And um, if you would do us a favor, there's, there's a connection card right in front of you. And it just if you could fill that out for us and on your way out, stop by the information center and they'll give you some gift cards to a great restaurant here in town. And so just a small way of uh, letting, letting you know we appreciate you being here. And we promise, promise, promise we're not going to show up at your house or anything like that. We just want to be able to send you information about the church and just to let you know about what's really happening here at Creekwood. Well, it has um, just been an exciting, exciting couple of weeks. If you were not here um, two weeks ago, we announced one of the biggest announcements in the history of Creekwood, and that is that Creekwood Church has purchased 108 acres in Mansfield. Is that not awesome? Like, I feel like I need to jump up and down or start running up and down the aisles or something like that. I'm so excited. You know, um, 108 acres, and um, man, it's just been a huge miracle on how God has opened the doors for us to purchase this land, and we're excited about what God's vision is for us as a church. And you know, I believe that God has positioned us in such a way for us to be able to reach more people than we ever have. You know, if you look at the, the, the numbers and stats of what is happening in our area, this area is booming. People are coming in from all over the nation, and Mansfield's just a great place to live, and the surrounding communities are also booming, and, and uh, I don't believe that it's by chance that all of this is happening and that you're a part of this. You know, God could have, if God thought this was a good time for Paul to be a part of what he was trying to do in the world, he would have put Paul here in Mansfield. If he thought it would have been a good idea to put Peter here in Mansfield at a part, as a part of Creekwood, he would have put him here. But he's put you here at this moment, at this time, in the middle of something incredible. And I believe that you're supposed to be a part of this. And I believe God's going to use us to make a big difference and to reach more people. And we, we've got this vision that we believe God has given us to be one church in two locations, have an east and west campus. We believe this campus has positioned us to be able to reach people on this side. And, we're, and then on the west side, we're able to reach people and just do all kinds of stuff. How many of you know you can do a lot of things with 108 acres? A 10-acre lake. You know, and let me just say this. Some of you are like, can we go out there? But the owners, the former owners still live there. And so don't go by there right now. <laughs> some of you are like, hey, we're at the gate. Can y'all unlock it? And like, you might get shot. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, uh, continue to pray. And I know some of you have been like, man, we want to get involved. We're ready to go to that campus. Well, you know, how many of you know now's the time to get ready for what God's going to do at that campus? So get involved. Step up into those roles. We are, we're also adding a fourth service on Saturday night. We need all kinds of people to step up and serve. And so there is a place for you to serve. 
Now, let me just also say this, and, and uh, a lot of y'all know that I grew up on the mission field. My parents have been missionaries for over 50 years, and so missions is a big, big deal to me, and it ought to be a big deal to everyone because it's the heart of God. And it, here at Creekwood, if you've ever, you're around here for very long, you're going to hear us talk a lot about outreach and making a difference. And one of the things that we believe is that God's not just called us to make a difference here in Mansfield, but around the world. And so we have several missions opportunities planned for this summer. And um, if you have never been on a missions trip, you, you don't know what you're missing. And one, one trip that we have that is coming up pretty quick is in June. The first couple of weeks, it's June the 2nd through the 9th, I believe the dates are. And you can go online and see the dates, information. But uh, I just want to challenge you to uh, pray about going on this trip. It's an incredible opportunity. My wife has been twice to the Dominican Republic on the, the different teams that have gone. And it, she has come back and just like, she got saved on those trips. I'm kidding. Uh, but God did some huge things in her life. And, and uh, I want to encourage you to, to, to at least check it out. We're going to have some people out at, at the information center right after service. If you would like to have a conversation, Jim Hampton's going to be out there. And maybe you're just kind of kicking the tires. Can you tell me a little bit about it? He's going to be out there and would love to have a conversation with you about going on a mission trip. So, um, how many of you are excited about this series that we've been in? All right, four people. Come on, y'all. How many of y'all excited? This series has been awesome. We've been talking about spiritual growth and, and the fact that God wants us to grow up. And I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell them, you need to grow up. There's some of you that, there's some ladies in here that are having a little too much attitude this morning with your husband. You're like, see, I've been telling you now, now now the preacher's saying, you need to grow up. You need to hear from God. You need to grow up today. Some of you aren't playing. You're just staring straight ahead. You're like, I'm not playing. The person next to you, their feelings are hurt, and they're starting to think, well, maybe God doesn't want them to grow because you're not playing and you won't speak into their life. You know, God wants us to grow up. He wants us to experience spiritual growth. That you ought to be different from the way you were five years ago. There ought to be a big difference in your life from the way you were three years ago. If you're still angry and, and being like, I'm, I'm talking about your, your anger is out of control and you are like doing crazy stuff with your anger and your relationships and your job and all that. And you're like, you know, that's just the way I am. And you're not changing. Something's wrong. God wants you to grow. There ought to be some, some real change going on in your life. Spiritual growth, it's the plan that God has for your life. And, and I, I think one of the things, and, and today I, I want to just, for some of you, you, you may go, that wasn't real deep. I don't know why I went to church, and I'm okay with that. Because I think sometimes we complicate things a little too much in church. 
And I, I think one of the things that's happened to spiritual growth in church is we've kind of made it weird. We made it complicated. And we've, we've made a big list of things that it ought to look like. And depending what kind of church you grew up in, it looks different. Some of you, um, spiritual growth was like, you need to, man, stop listening to country music. You need to listen to Christian music, KSBJ, or, or is it KLTY? What's a Christian radio station? <laughs> yeah. Do, do I got any people who like to listen to country music in here? That's me. Okay, I'll admit it. I'll tell you, I like country music. But we got these crazy stuff. You got to go get, like, man, don't wear Nike. You need to wear Christian t-shirts. Don't wear all those. And we came up with all these crazy, dumb ideas about, and I'm not making fun of you if you're wearing a Christian t-shirt, but that doesn't mean you've got spiritual growth going on in your life. Or we think we got to go get a fish on the back of our car. Some of you got a, two big fish, and then you got a bunch of tiny little fish. And I'm like, what church? Do, please don't put Creekwood on there. <laughs> we, we don't have Christian, like, you notice we don't do Creekwood stickers on the cars because your pastor drives horrible. Every week, somebody gives me the middle finger. Somebody runs me over. I think some of y'all are, because I'm like, I look at some of y'all, that looks like a person who goes to Creekwood. <laughs> but we get all these crazy ideas about what spiritual growth and what it means to be a strong Christian, and we, we start all these lists and all this stuff, and it's, it's like, man, it's, it, it looks all kinds of different ways for different people. And I, I want to help you understand something, that spiritual growth is simply... Becoming more like Christ. You're more like, more Christ-like. The goal of spiritual growth in your life, you want to know that you're growing spiritually, is that you're being shaped into Christ-likeness. You're becoming more like Jesus. Some of you are, that's all you got today. We could go home right now. You're just becoming more like Jesus. When people look at your life and they're around you and they kind of get past the, all the little stuff that we put on. And I'm, I'm talking when, when, when you're kind of under pressure and somebody makes you mad or somebody upsets you. Do they see Jesus in you? Are you having... I'm talking about, are you, are you seeing the world like Jesus sees? Are you loving people like Jesus loves? Are you caring about people like Jesus cares? That's the way you know that you're growing. That you're experiencing spiritual growth in your life. It's becoming more like Christ. And my question to you today is, when you think about Christians as a whole in our world, and even the big church across the, the nation and across the world, do you, when you think of what Christians are, do you think we're becoming more like Christ? I'm a little worried, just to be honest with you, because I think that for a lot of us in the church, it's made 
made this about a lot of different things. And I think it's, it's, it's really our human nature that we're always wanting something more. We're like, okay, I receive Jesus Christ and I receive his grace and his mercy and what he did on the cross for me is incredible, but now what? I, I need the new thing. I need something else. And some of us are chasing after a million different things and we forget at our core what is shaping us, what's bringing about the spiritual growth in our life is we are becoming more like Jesus. See, I think this is a, where the disconnect is happening with the world. Do you know the world's not turned off by Jesus? The world is turned off by the church. That has learned to be religious. We've defined spiritual growth. And, and listen to me, I've been around enough Christians to know that there are a lot of hateful, angry, judgmental Christians that don't look anything like Jesus. Spiritual growth in your life has got to be always about answering the question, am I being shaped into the image of Jesus? Do I look more like Jesus? Would Jesus do that? See, you have to make a decision. You, you got to make a clear-cut decision in your life that this is going to be about Jesus. It's not going to be about religion. It's going to be about Jesus. Like, let me ask you, how many of you have a hard time making decisions in your life? I got both hands up. I I do, especially when it comes to food. (laughs) How many of you, like, for example, how many of y'all are steak people? Any steak people in here? Look at a lot of steak people. What about chicken people? Are they healthy? What about fish people? Any fish, like your fish, those are the people kind of shaking because all the mercury they've been eating. <laughs> you got a lot of it. Some of y'all are like, if you get charismatic up there, it's like, you're getting a little, you know, I got to stay focused, y'all. Isn't it like crazy? You can't make a decision. You're talking. My wife and I go, like, we'll be trying to go out to eat, and we're like, what do we want to eat? We don't know. And and you, you go to places like, you know, like a God-forsaken place like the Cheesecake Factory. And they give you this book that's like, it's got 66 chap books in it like the Bible. They give it to you and they bring you the light menu. It's like the New Testament. You're like, you open it up and it's got all these chapters and books. And I'm like, what in the world do we eat? And usually what happens, my wife and I, were talking, we'll go, and I mean, this happens to us every time we go, what do you want? I don't know. What do you want? We don't know. Well, why don't you get one thing? I'll get another. We'll just kind of eat off each other's food. We've been doing that for years. That's a great way to have a great marriage. Just share. But how many of you know that when it comes to your faith, there's got to be a clear-cut decision that you know, that you know, that you know you are a Christ follower? That you signed up, that you said, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. I want to become more like Jesus. See, I think we're, 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 we're wading into some dangerous water in the church. When we're, we're starting to kind of make this about everything but becoming more like Christ. And there has to be a moment that you make a clear-cut decision that you say, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, and I'm going to become, I want to be more like Christ. 
And I know that's not politically correct. Like, you want to get in trouble at work, start talking about Jesus. And I don't care if you say Jesu Cristo. They're going to get like, what? Hey, you can talk about all this other stuff, but don't talk about Jesus. But really, spiritual growth is about becoming more like Jesus. Why, why is this important? The reason why this, and I, I really want you to get this today, is, is your formation how God is going to change your life and work in your life, it's not going to be a cookie-cutter development. And I think the problem that a lot of us have is we have made our spiritual development into a cookie-cutter development. That we kind of go, well, God's going to do this, this, this in my life. And if you notice in this series, we've talked about the process. Darren talked about the pain. We talked about vision. These are all parts. But do you know it's going to look different in everybody's life? God's going to take you through this process. And for some, it's going to be pain that he's going to use to change your life. But see, if I make this about Jesus, then all of a sudden I can say, Jesus, I surrender my life. Then he takes us on this journey, and it looks different for everybody in this place. Could it be maybe because we are trying to make this a cookie-cutter transformation in our life, we're totally missing the growth that God wants to bring in our life through Jesus Christ? Because we're freaked out because of the, the struggles we're having. We're freaked out because we lost our job. We're freaked out because of all of the problems we're having. And Jesus is like, you know what? I'm going to use these situations you're walking through to make you into the person that I want you to be. You're going you're, you're to end up being more Christ-like through this. And what we're going is, it's got to be cookie cutter. Now, I'm looking for one more little lesson, God. I'm looking for one more little. Listen, don't mishear me today. The, the word of God is powerful, and we're going to talk about that. Getting in a life group, being in relationship, those are important things. But if, I'm, if I am grounded, my spiritual growth is I want to become more like Jesus. Then all of a sudden, I take off in the journey of my faith. And it's not a cookie-cutter transformation that I understand that God's got different things that he's trying to work out in my life that he's going to take me through. God's got different healings. Everybody in this place has got different areas that God wants to heal you. You've got different addictions and different struggles. And if you're like, God, I, I want to be more like you, then what happens is you start to Go on this journey, and it's not built on anything but becoming more like Jesus. So I, I am going to embrace whatever experience I go through. I, I love what Sue Monk Kidd wrote this book. It's called When the Heart Waits. And she says this, if all souls developed in a cookie-cutter fashion, we would have spirituality by duplication rather than waiting and transforming. And I, I think that a lot of us, what happens is, is that we don't understand that as we become more like Christ, that he will meet us in all of these different seasons. You know that God can and will meet you in the midst of whatever season you find yourself in. That some of the greatest changes, greatest transformations, some of the greatest spiritual formation things in my life have happened when I've gone through seasons that I didn't understand while I was going through that. I mean, think about this, like Moses. Moses struggled with his, he had identity issues. God met him in that. You think about Paul. Paul was one of the most hate-filled pe persons on the planet. He was going out and he was mean. God met him in that. Peter was caught up in his career. He wanted to be a fisherman. God met him in that. 
You could go on and on and on. And so what you, you, you build this, this foundation of, you know what, as a Christ follower, the way that I gauge if, if I am growing spiritually is am I becoming more like Christ? And that's it. Am I becoming more like Christ? And I, I say this, this, and I repeat this because what happens is we in the church have been notorious about trying to figure out every possible way besides just being with Christ and allowing him to change our life. And you know, the theme scripture that we, we've read to you every weekend is John 15, verse 4. It says, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I think of the scripture in 1 Corinthians, and I'm just going to read off some scriptures because what, what we are struggling right, right now with trying to make this about all these different ways and, and all, all of these different approaches to God and not really doing life with God, we try to avoid. See, there's something about when you understand that when I do life with God and there's this intimacy that I'm trying to become more like him, there's, there's something incredible that starts to happen when, when I'm, I'm walking with God. And this has always been a struggle from the beginning of time. You, you look at, even in the New Testament, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3, it says, For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. The first importance is that you remember what Jesus Christ did for you is that you have this relationship. Galatians chapter 1 verse 6 says, I am shocked. Listen to what Paul says. He, he says, I am shocked that you are turning away so soon from God. He's not talking about that they're walking away from God. He's talking about, again, they made this about something that it's not supposed to be. Who called you to himself through the loving mercies of Christ. You are following a different way that pretends to be the good news, but is not the good news at all. You are being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. See, there's, I want to show you some some pictures, diagrams that to kind of really help you understand the difference, because again, I think we work at, we work it, and the church has, has, I think, done a, a great injustice to people in their spiritual growth because we've tried to avoid this issue of this is about you've got to do life with God, life with Christ. This is about an intimacy, a relationship that you say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. You form in me. Make me more like you. I will take me through whatever you've got to do. Mold me in whatever you want to mold me. And what happens is we try to avoid that because that gets uncomfortable sometimes. And so what we do is the first picture let me show you is, is we, we kind of take this approach of you've got God in the middle of this triangle. And this is, that's you, the little squiggly guy person over here on the left. And it's basically life, if you want to write this down, it's, it's what I call life from God. Your approach is not with God, it's from God. It's, 
again, there's not a whole lot of intimacy. It's always about you want something from God. It's, it's always about I, I need something from God. And so he, you don't process God in the everyday parts of your life. You only process him in when you get sick when you lose your job, when something crazy happens, then you turn it on pretty heavy. You're like, God, I need you to do something. I need you to move in this. And reality is because, again, this is a a distant relationship with God. Do you know that you can't grow when you're distant? And it's just about, God, I want something from you, but don't get too close to me. God, I I want you to do this for me. And this is what a lot of us in our relationship, it's all about what we want. And you know what? When you're around little kids, isn't it true that usually a time, you get especially a two or three-year-old, you start to understand why why some species eat their young? Because you get around a two or three-year-old and and, and they're, they're, they're they're like crazy. All they want is, I want this, I want that, this is mine, this is... And a lot of us in our faith, this is the way we are with God. And we, we're like, I just want something from God. I, I really don't want to have a relationship with him. Then you also have life over God. And again, this is, this is another... This is basically, you look at... at your relationship with God is basically like you're, you're manipulating and you've learned how to control God like a puppet. And this is dangerous for people that have been Christians a long time. This is really, I believe, an area that a lot of Christians struggle with this. When the longer you've been in this, you kind of learn the phrases, you learn the scriptures, you learn the worship songs, and this is all about you're going to manipulate God. There's not a lot of intimacy but you're gonna, you've learned to kind of manipulate God into what you believe he ought to do. And, and, and again, this is, is, is a place that we've replaced intimacy for proven formulas for us to be able to control the outcomes in our life. And I know it gets quiet when you start talking about this because you're kind of hitting a nerve, but a lot of us, I think this is, this is kind of where, where we're at. We've learned these little formulas on how to manipulate God, and we're like, well, bless God. This is what the Word of God says, and bless God, God's going to do this. But you don't have any intimacy with God. It's all talk. And listen, you ought to know the Word of God, and you ought to declare things, and you ought to speak those things. But you, those cannot replace the value of an intimacy and a closeness with God. God's not some puppet for us to manipulate. God loves us. And in that intimacy, when God looks at us in our broken humanity and we walk along with him, he begins to work with us. But if I'm like always just wanting something from God or I'm going to just manipulate God, but God, don't get too close to me. And, and I, I, I really want you to understand this. This is where I think our, our spiritual growth gets stunted. Because we remove God's closeness from our life, and we, we, it's kind of like we take him out of the inner circle of our life, and we say, God, you're going to have the, you can hang out on the outside, but you're not going to get to get in close. There's also life under God, and I, I think this is equally as dangerous 
The life under God is basically, this is where people, again, your whole life revolves around this idea of trying to get God to love you and accept you. So it's all about performance. It's all about looking the part. This is where legalism comes in. You're going to work it. And and I, I think this is where a lot of Christians have gotten spiritual Botox injected into their face. Because we've got this spiritual Botox of these frozen smiles that we're like, well, you know what, we're just kind of going around, yeah, I'm blessed. And you know you're not blessed. You're going through some stuff right now. People ask you how your marriage is doing. You're like, oh, our marriage is doing great. We're not fighting. And you know you just got in a big old fight. See, God, God can work in all those things, but if we walk around in denial about what God is, what we're walking through in our life, we're not going to get healing in those areas. And this, this aspect of, 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 again, trying to manipulate God or, or, or trying to, to just get something from God or trying to work to get God's approval, it's all a distant relationship. What would your life look like if you began to say, I don't really want a whole lot from God. I'm not here to try to control God. I'm just here to surrender my life to God. God, do you know that God's plans are beyond anything you could ever imagine for your life? That God's plan and God's purpose for your life is beyond anything you could ever dream of? And one of the most powerful things you can do is surrender your life to God and say, God, I surrender my life. I want to begin to do life with you. And this is the way it looks, this last diagram, is you get in the box with God. You live with God. You, you, you walk with him. It's life with God. You know, one of the greatest enemies, I, I believe, to this life with God is this whole aspect that, I, and I think this is a dangerous place, is that this trying harder aspect. It, it is a great enemy of life with God. It's just saying, you, you want to be like Jesus, you just need to try harder. You need to just try harder. And what happens is we totally remove the aspect of saying, you know what, God, you're the one that works in my life. Would you you transform me? Do you know that that when you do life with God, it changes your worship? Because you're not worshiping. You're not praying because you're wanting something from God. You're just engaging God's presence, and you're saying, God, Do you know that God knows what you need more than you know what you need? That the Holy Spirit wants to work in your life and do things in your life that you have no idea is the root cause of your problem, but it is is you trying to manipulate God and you trying to move and do all this stuff, and what God's wanting you to do is just, would you just surrender your life and just worship me and engage me, and would you just seek me and let me change you? Let me transform you. I just want to challenge you to get back to the basics. I think of what Galatians chapter 3, verse 2, it says, Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be? After starting your new lives in the Spirit, Why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Again, this is 
me taking control, me push. And again, we try to do everything possible to keep from this intimacy of life with God and saying, man, I'm going to surrender my life. I'm going to walk with God. And if God wants me to walk through pain, God wants me to walk through failure, God wants me to walk through rejection. You know, some of you right now, some of the closest friends in your life have, have, have disconnected them, themselves from you. Could it be maybe that God is allowing you to walk through this season in your life because he's wanting you to lean in on him more than you've ever leaned in? That he becomes your source in your life. I, I want us to pray today and I want to just invite you today to, as we pray this morning, I want to invite you to to look inside your heart. And how are you doing with this life with God? And your intimacy with God? Are you so close to God that you're starting to act and love and Speak like him because you've been with him so much? Or have you made this about something it was never intended to be? That you say you're a Christian, but man, your life is not looking like Jesus. You know, one of the most important decisions you can make this this morning is, is accepting Jesus Christ into your life. Now, I want to invite you today to surrender your life to Jesus and just say, Jesus, would you come into my life? Forgive me of all of my sins. I make you the Lord of my life. Receive him today. The Bible says if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of all of your sins. Father, we thank you for every person here today, God, and I I include myself in this, God. I pray that you would remind us, God, that this is about you. And this is about our relationship with you. And that, God, as we walk through the process, God, as you speak to us and you give us the vision, and, God, whatever seasons you cause us to walk through, God, may we remind ourselves, God, that you are working in our life, God, that you want us to become more and more like you, God. Father, today I pray blessing and strength on every person here today, God. We thank you, God, in advance for what you are doing in our hearts. In your name, amen. Thank you for listening. For more messages and information about Creekwood Church, visit us at creekwoodchurch.com.